change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded.
for humanity to evolve, and that's really the reason why we're all here on the planet Earth, to evolve. We need a president who can bring us all together. We need a president who can overcome our racial divides, our religious divides.
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. to bring forth peace unto the world. Our orders are twofold. And first and foremost, yeah. it is to ensure that your coming election... <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of that. Well, good evening, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. For those of you who have not listened to the show before today, and I know there are a few of you, I am a former Marine officer, retired Marine, and I hold a Ph.D. in history from the College of William and Mary in Colonial Williamsburg, one of my favorite places, and you should probably try to get to visit it. It's really pretty any time of year. Once again, welcome. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Today's date is November 24th. 2014, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. All right, let's get right down to it. (laughs) Remember, do you remember? Do you remember when Obama was the Messiah. Remember that? When Halle Berry proclaimed that she would pick up trash that was in his way to make way for him. When folks were saying that he was above the world, above the United States, he was kind of like God. He was God. Folks, there were actual, credible credible people who, who had some standing in politics and in media who were pro- proclaiming Mr. Obama to be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Or at the very least, a Messiah. Now, Django Unchained, brilliant actor, great musician. Not a lot of people know that he was a classical pianist. I'm talking about Jamie Foxx. Proclaimed Obama for all the world to see to be our Lord and Savior. Mm hmm. What's happened? President Barack Obama had an approval rating of just 38% as of late September. And he's having a a terrible, horrible, no good, very, very bad year. Now, contrast that with Obama just days after the election, the historical election that 
saw the first, quote, African-American president, end quote, where his approval rating was above 70 percent, nearly 80 percent, folks. Obama's approval rating was nearly 80 percent. And recently I spoke to some of my liberal friends who have said that, well, the reason why Obama can't get his agenda through is because he's black, because of his race, because he's a black man in office. And that's why folks aren't cooperating. That's why McConnell's not cooperating. That's why the Democrats, uh, some Democrats aren't cooperating. That's why Republicans aren't cooperating with Obama because he's black. So what happened in those six long, these six long years we've suffered through this presidency? Have white folks all of a sudden discovered, hey, wait a minute, this dude's black. Oh, hell no. We've been hoodwinked. We've been bamboozled. We've been led astray. This guy's black. Of an approval rating of nearly 80%, folks, shortly after he was elected, and all of a sudden, according to black folks, he can't get his agenda through, and folks are hating because he's black. All of a sudden, folks have noticed that Obama is black. And the hoods, some have said, I've actually heard someone say, the hoods have come off. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Anyway, now just, just this month, Early this month, the man who once filled arenas like a rock star suffered the indignity of Wisconsin Democrats walking out on him as he stumped for another struggling Democrat, Mary Burke. Obama's visit to Wisconsin coincided with the disappearance of Burke's modest lead in nationwide polls. Hmm. She now tra- she uh, she she wound up trailing her opponent Scott Walker by seven points, and Scott Walker trumped and stomped on that that poor lady's butt. And of course, as we know, as round is is governor still governor of the great state of Wisconsin. Obama never should have showed up. I bet she she rules the day that she asked him to come. The very same thing happened in the deep blue Maryland, where the bleachers reportedly began emptying, emptying while Obama was giving his speech. The Republican gubernatorial candidate then enjoyed a nine-point polling boost after Obama gave his speech. You heard me. Adding still, still further to Obama's misery, a new nationwide poll from Harvard's Institute of Politics, Obama's alma mater, showed his Svengali-like hold over America's 18- to 29-year-old voting cohort as finally loosened. Nobody's listening to the guy anymore because he keeps saying the same things 
over and over and over again. And just a couple of days ago, he brought out that tired old, he uh, offered to wash John Boehner, uh, 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 walk John Boehner's dog and wash his car. He used that same line four times to my knowledge. The problem with this is people keep pointing out that John Boehner doesn't have a dog. But Obama continues to, to throw out these tired old lines and get these and get these polite chuckles from the crowd by saying he offers to wash John uh, walk John Boehner's dog when John Boehner does not own a dog. Will somebody please whisper in our clown of a president's ear that John Boehner does not have a dog? For God's sake, man, get a grip. In Kentucky, Kentucky, I was I was afraid for Mitch McConnell. I was worried. I was worried that Mitch McConnell might lose because Democrat Senate candidate Allison Grimes. Hey, it's your well, old bestie. She uh, remember how you loved getting me oh, as a holiday yeah. gift? She came out. was lighting the place on fire. But her problem? She wouldn't even admit that she voted for Obama. She wouldn't even admit that she voted for the guy. How sad is that? When you won't even admit that you voted for the President of the United States. She got stomped. Ms. McConnell is now going to be the new Speaker. Thank goodness for that. The atmosphere in the White House has gone from pretty pretty glum to downright gloomy. So, with that being said, here, then, is a fond, a fond tribute to those halcyon times when a bunch of dupes waxed rel- Ridiculously about Obama as if he were some kind of worship worthy deity. Not a crappy leader with no experience, which now we know he is. Obama's speeches enmesh you in a grandeur moment as if history had stopped flowing passively by and just for an instant contracted around you made you aware of its presence and your role in it. Parochially, Washington Rube Ezra Klein spouted in January of 2008 in the American Prospect. He actually said that shit. Here's another one. And I quote, He is not the word made flesh, but the triumphed of word over flesh, over color, over despair. The other great leaders I've heard guide us toward a better politics. But Obama is, at his best, able to call us back to our highest selves, to the place where America exists as a glittering ideal 
and where we, its honored inhabitants, seem capable of achieving it and thus sharing in its meaning and transcendence. End quote. Damn, Ezra Klein said that. I mean, it sounds pretty, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound pretty? <laughs> it sounds damn good. But you're actually talking about a man. A man whose hand I shook was as limp as a cadaver. A fresh one. This guy said this about a man. <laughs> In December 2007, some 30,000 people showed up at a football stadium in South Carolina to see Obama and his campaign buddy, Oprah Winfrey. You heard the clip. Both spoke like preachers on an old-time gospel hour about Obama. Here we go. I give, and I quote, I give all praise and honor to God, Obama said, according to Politico. Look at the day the Lord has made. End quote. <laughs> Meanwhile, Winfrey spoke about a quasi-holy man. Quote, we need a leader who's going to touch our souls, who's going to make us feel differently about one another, who's going to remind us that we are one another's keepers, that we are only as strong as the weakest among us, end quote. While the once popular daytime talk show host also spoke about the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, a novel and a movie from the 1970s. This old woman would ask all children, are you the one? Are you the one? Today, we have the answer to Miss Pittman's question. Winfrey. Confidently, predict, confident, confidently predicted. South Carolina, I do believe he's the one. End quote. This is what we're dealing with, folks. This is what we were dealing with. Folks were proclaiming President Barack Hussein Obama to be the next Messiah or a child of God. Or the child of God. Now, I don't know about your household. But in my household, there was one God. And there was his son, Jesus Christ. And you know what? Black folks, for the most part, have pretty much stuck to that. Until Obama came along. And then all of a sudden, black folks started thinking that maybe that whole Jesus guy... Maybe that's not him. Maybe this is him. Toni Morrison, the most overrated novelist in human history, and the person who once called Bill Clinton America's first black president. Early writer on the Obama Messiah Express, in January 2008, she wrote a letter praising Obama for possessing a, quote, Creative imagination, which coupled with brilliance equals wisdom. He had an unembargoed moral center, she gushed. He had courage instead of mere ambition. 
Indeed, the novelist most famous she's most famous for being forced upon a generation of American high schoolers babbled. There have been a few prescient leaders in our past, but you are the man for this time, end quote. Man, the ass kissing that this guy got his 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 both cheeks should be chapped. Still to this day, he should be he should be applying birch bees to his ass cheeks right now. Cause his ass has been kissed. Royal. But now we're at thirty eight percent and falling. And why? Because it's been revealed that the emperor has no clothes, that he is fucked ass naked. I didn't say naked. I said naked. He's naked. And my main man and yours, Dirty Harry himself, Clint Eastwood, laid it all out for us. The chair was empty. The suit's empty. The guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's as dumb as a box of rocks, but you know what? We got black folks out there. We got white folks out there, and they are clinging. They are all in. doesn't matter how dumb this guy behaves. It doesn't matter how stupid he is. It doesn't matter how – it doesn't matter. They've already put their chips in. They've already pushed that pile of chips to the center of the table. They are not going to budge. No matter how inept this president is, they're all in. And you can't talk to them. They don't want to hear you. Because guess what? It's all racism. It's racist. NBC talking head Chris Matthews, you know about it, has semi-coherently called a multitude of things racist since the beginning of Obama's presidency, including workfare, Sarah Palin, the Constitution, not liking Washington, D.C., and in fact scrutinizing Obama's presidency, any of those things. In February 2008, Matthews was hopelessly indoctrinated in the ways of Obama worship. And here we go, and I quote, it's part of reporting this case. This election, the feeling most people get when they hear Barack Obama's speech, end quote. Matthews famously bleated out, according to the media research, my, remember this one? My, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, I don't have that too often, end quote. I'm sure bet he doesn't. I sure bet he doesn't have that too often. <laughs> Pervert. He gets a <laughs> he gets a thrill up his leg listening to Obama speak. How many of you out there get a thrill up your leg listening to President Barack Hussein Obama these days? I can't stand the sound of the man's voice, frankly. I, I just can't. But you know what? We're gonna come right back. We're gonna take a short break. We'll come right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The number is 347-884-8500. Be right back.
pledged their lives in sacred honor, was smiled upon by God and freed from chains and iron collar. He is held aloft on unity and by history revered for preserving peace through strength his wings now reach across two hundred years. But for each of those in one year more, God has smiled upon the core. From the Barbary coast to the eastern sand, by sword, by gun, or by their hand. So it's been and shall be weighed. Though many are born, few are made. Faithful always they shall remain. Dogs to loose when war is waged. Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want president? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. Shot Liberty Valance. And the theme song, the title tune, was sung by Gene Pitney. Also had a big hit in 1968 called She's a Heartbreaker. That's not this. This is white comedian Paul Shanklin. And the man who shot Osama in Morocco. Obama came to town. Bin Laden, he just laughed. He laughed. Cause very sad he goes get more and choose another path. But the point of a gun was the only law the terrorists understood when it came to shooting straight and fast. Barry was no good. From out of the left he brought his friends the law books in their hands and plans. They said let's take him to New York.
Folks, to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was uh, 
The Banking Queen by Barney Frank or white comedian Paul Shanklin, who is doing Barney Frank. As we know, Barney Frank uh, was responsible or rather had oversight over Freddie and Fannie Mae, which uh, provided all those loans to folks who really couldn't afford all the houses that they bought. And when uh, all those houses that were being promised to folks uh, went into foreclosure, caused a banks to uh, collapse and a big old mess. So right now, you know, uh, Freddie and Fannie are making a comeback, and so is Barney Frank, so I thought I'd throw that one out there. It was a little too loud, but I thought I'd throw it out there just one more time, just for fun, uh, because Freddie and Fannie are making a comeback, and so is Barney Frank, who just so happens to be gay, and he's very proud of the fact that he is gay, which hence the title banking queen. I'm sorry for uh, those of you who didn't didn't get that one. You probably hadn't heard it before, and it is kind of – I guess it can be kind of annoying. So for those of you who didn't appreciate the Barney Frank banking queen tune by Paul Shanklin, I apologize. <laughs> Well, let's get on with the rest of the show. We only have a few minutes left. I think we might have a caller in the in our in our in our um on our line here. Let's check it out. Caller, you're on with the Dr. C. Robert Jones situation report. Uh yeah, hi. Uh good evening, first of all. Hey, good evening. Good. Um I don't know, do you have the topic or anything? Well, the topic is uh, President Obama's um, fall from grace, if you will. Uh, we touched earlier on the show that uh, President Obama enjoyed a near 80% approval rating, even from a great a great many Republicans, right after he was elected president. Just a couple of weeks after he was elected president, a poll was taken, uh, several polls, in fact. Uh, unanimously, he was right in the 75-78% range, and now – uh, six years later, he is enjoying somewhere around 38, 40%. And we are celebrating his fall from grace. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, uh, I am too. I, I guess I'm, uh, I guess, yeah, I, I'm just living really, uh, because I look at this kind of a, because what what's happening here, obviously I was happy with the November seventh. Uh, my only concern, uh, more than anything, uh, I think it's I think it's really high time that uh, we get some activism from the right in a real uh, methodically, but really. Uh, no, no mercy held, because that's the only thing I think that's going to be able to really save this country and push uh, push back some of this. Uh, well, you know what? You're you're right. Um, but the thing is, um, um, I think it was Donald Trump who pointed out earlier this morning on Fox. Fox and Friends that you know the uh, the Republicans uh, managed to shut the government down, albeit briefly, um, in protest to Obama's uh, high-handedness 
during um, subsequent re- subsequent recess appointments and and executive uh, executive orders. And for our troubles, we uh, won more de- uh, more um, Republicans in the House, and we we took the Senate. So shutting the government down, uh, you know, it hasn't hurt the Republicans the way uh, some some suggested that it might. Now Obama stated uh, when he gave a speech on um, uh, on on his immigration policy, on his executive orders. Uh, that he would hope that the Republicans not shut the government down, i.e. folks reading between the lines were saying that he hoped that they would thus hurt themselves in the in in the in the, in the, the poll of public opinion. But I think you're right. I think that we as Republicans, conservatives and the House and the Senate should drive the dagger home and do what Ted Cruz said earlier this morning on Fox and Friends, shut this president down. And I quote, shut this president down, end quote. And and you know what? That's exactly what should happen. Because the, the reason why I'm saying uh, this was very – now, granted, any reasonable person, and I've heard a lot of scholars say that this – what he did was illegal, okay? Now, the, the problem is – when things lie and they linger in this country, I know that they end up getting root anyhow. Yeah. Now, if it doesn't constitute moral outrage and a, a very drastic, a very intelligent, but a very methodical and relentless rebellion, I don't know what does. This will destroy the African-American community and its political uh, assets in this country forever. So I'm well, not uh, mm-hmm. I'm not you know say what? that I'm mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say to say that I'm livid is, is an understatement. Um I think that this uh, creature in the White House I mean he made it clear. And every time when I call up because I live in a blue state and I ask one of these dear creatures uh in this in uh, that are Democrats because I live in the district of Congresswoman Delora, and I ask, uh, how is this going to help the uh, African-American community? There's no response, and there's no response because there's no way to spend this. So uh, that's the bottom line with this, uh, folks. And and how it's gonna and and you know what how it's gonna hurt Af- the African American community is that um, y- you know you've got a lot of folks coming in they're gonna take jobs that African Americans normally wouldn't take they're gonna do those jobs and you know what here's the thing here's here's how I see this whole thing. Obama needs to uh, the 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 Democrat Party and Obama they need to infuse new blood or that new car smell as Obama spoke about earlier or earlier uh, today or la- or late last night. He needs to infuse that get that new car smell going on. And what's go- what 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 they want to do is given that the Latin community uh it, it vastly outnumber the African American community and is the largest growing segment of our population they want to go ahead and tap in and get that vote 
and thus making the African-American vote pretty much null and void because we only represent 16% of the total population. That's right, my man. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, as I tell people, obviously six years ago it was very unpopular to say anything about his highness, but uh, six years later now it's kind of saying, yeah, okay, we kind of get it. I mean, you still have some folks that uh, are still on their knees uh, with their master, Obama. But um, I I just think up to now, um, if you can't see that this, this this was such a double cross to the African-American community, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, there's no way to spin this. There's no way it's to a com- you're, you're right. It's a complete double cross. It's a com- and and you know what, folks in the African American community, a lot of them are completely upset about this because, it, like like it, you know, as it has been pointed out over the last week or so, the the African American community is suffering from the largest unemployment rate since uh, since right. since, uh, since since FDR. Uh, since right. you know, since, since the 30s and 40s, um, and he and folks were saying that President Obama was going to, you know, we, we finally got a black president in the White House. Now, now it's all going to be good. Yeah. You know, yeah, no. And I, think, and I, I agree with Jesse Peterson. I was listening to him last night on Billy Clinton. It, it does break your heart because the 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 objective. Folks in our community, we saw that this is all about. We saw this, and we certainly understood that the consequences of um, blanket amnesty. This is this is the byproduct of it, and it's going to going to make matters even worse. The problem is if and see what what African Americans need to do in an abundance. Now they have they're like three percent. Four percent of us that that know better. They need to go in massive numbers to the opposition party and say, "Okay, since you're going to do this to us, we're going to move to the other side of the aisle." And they're going to tell you why. When you when you when you make people compete for your vote, you actually get better government. We have not done that. What we have exactly. done over forty years is basically put on a harness and just said, "Okay." As long as there's a D and there's a L in terms of their philosophy, that's it. No questions asked. Line the legions, blah, 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 blah. Well, I would tell these other brothers and sisters in the community, where's it gotten us? Look at what it's gotten us now. Exactly. Look at be, what it's gotten us. It's gotten, it's gotten, gonna it's gotten us nothing. Yeah. You're going to be basically, uh, basically uh, some kind of outcast in a land, this this is this is your native home, and I don't care what you say. You're not from Africa. You're from the United States of America. You were born here. You know where's it gotten us now? We're on the brink of of extinction in terms of political um, um, assets now. Well, it, uh, uh, political political viability. That's exactly yeah. right. Pretty soon, our you know our vote our vote is going to be pretty much null and void. We have another call on the line seven five seven. Stay right there two two zero three. Uh, caller, uh, would you like to jump in here? Yes. Good evening, Doctor Jones. I want to say. Hey, you sound familiar. Yes, I'm Larry from the Prime Directive. 
Indeed. How are you, Larry? Good to have you. I'm doing well. And I think in these next two years, Obama can do incalculable damage, even with his sinking popularity. And the only thing that really needs to be done is to go for the impeachment, which is the constitutionally prescribed remedy to deal with the situation. Otherwise, even when he's out of office, it sets a precedent for presidents to come, like what the Republicans might hope to gain is another imperial president. You know what? Special- you know what? That that was that was pointed out earlier today uh, again on Fox News. You know, um, it, it sets a danger. What he has done is set a dangerous precedent because, uh, you know, that what he has done is open the door for future presidents. Not just Democrat, but but Republican presidents, and I do believe we'll have one, you know, in another in in, in two years, to to go ahead and do the, exactly the same thing and say, well, my predecessor did it, uh, you know, he didn't get he didn't get called out for it, you know, and so now I can do the same thing, you know. The President Obama is not a very good leader, you know. It's just obvious, you know. He's not a very he's not a, he's he doesn't know what he's doing. He just doesn't have it. No, no. He, he and, he, and he, first of all, to even point out something that is not totally accurate. First of all, uh, Ronald Reagan was actually basically going over some gaps that were in the piece of legislation that was passed by Congress. Okay. Now, in his to be fair to President Reagan, he did say in the nineties that this was a mistake and he shouldn't have done it. But he was ultimately addressing some gaps that he wanted to clear up by the grace of the Congress. Okay? Yeah. This was a piece of this was an extended piece of legislation that was passed by Congress, signed by him, and approved and ultimately well, generally approved by the people thinking that this would solve the problem and it didn't. So to go and say, well so and so did this Without, you know, you didn't finish the whole sentence is what I'm saying. But it's yeah. obvious to me you can't even be a good liar. <laughs> and many times Obama stated before he may, took this action that he didn't have the authority to take the action that he just took. You know, it's going to come back to bite him. And you know what? When I think about it, I'll have to, I'll be I'll I'll need to be candid with you. When I think about it, it's this is all very temporary. Uh, he has two years left in office. Uh, you know, the next president can come in and and make this null and void. And uh, you know, before it gets to the stage where most of these people will. Um, will be eligible for green cards. Frankly, I mean, I agree with with what some Democrats are saying. You know, there's, there's no way we're going to deport, you know, five, ten million people. Yep. We don't have the resources to do that. But, right. you know, you don't reward, exactly. you know, breaking the law. You just don't yep. do it. You know, you, the you, only you, middle ground that would make morally sense, I say fine. I limited work permit. Limited uh, green cards, but it wouldn't wouldn't be no card to blank of anything because you 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 put this upon yourself and you put the country in a bind that we'll probably never get over uh, completely. But that would be about it. It's pathway to citizenship would be out of the question. You, you know what amazes what ama- yeah what amazes me, man, is this. 
and, and my listening audience is that he didn't have to do this. Right. You know, it, it's temporary. It, it, yep. It's 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 a it's a it's window dressing. It's a temporary situation. It's not permanent. And mm-hmm. why antagonize half of the population exactly. of the country and the incoming Senate majority and the House? Why antagonize them for something that's temporary? I, I had listened to a Latino speaker. He was right on the money. He was very, he was very insightful. He made a good point. Several, uh, three things. He said, first of all, both are making a mistake when they bunch in this whole thing, Hispanic and Latino. Just like any other bunch of people, they are divided among things, okay? That's number yeah. one. They are not united on this because if you go, see, see, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans, they are not the greatest fans of each other. You have, you've got cultural things going on there. You don't hear about this, of course. And for one thing, people got to understand something. There is, a, as do as our African American brothers and sisters are by their nature conservative minded. So are Latino people, people that meaning have been here, they raise their families, they're church going folks, uh, they believe in law and order. That crowd is not uh, is not exactly a. How can you say? Because they want to see something done. They didn't. This was unacceptable to them because just like you said a few seconds ago, what happened to the rule of law? You don't and you don't reward bad behavior. I don't care how compassionate you think you are. Yeah. Even that goes down the window because any look, a lot of Latino people understand that this is about race baiting. They're not stupid. Yeah. Okay. And the ones that, quite frankly, have no scruples, yeah, because they they see a uh, boy wonder as a as Santa Claus. But that's not that's not the vast majority of Hispanic folks. They wanted exactly. to see something done, but it's, this was not even this was not even the third on their priority as we went into the midterm. And by yeah. the way, here mm-hmm. uh, this so-called because you're against illegal immigration is going to hurt you with the Latino vote. John Cornyn got 48% of the vote. What happened? The Latino <laughs> vote in Texas. So I don't want to hear this. See, yeah. as conservatives, we got to stop being intimidated by a lot of this stuff. Here. And, and you know what? It's just, and, and you're right. It's just, it's, 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 it's a shell game. It's a bluff. You know, it's all of that. And, and so much more. And you know, I'd love to go ahead and continue this conversation. You guys are great. Thank you for for calling in. Uh, the show is just about to end, and we got to check out. Um, but uh, tune in tomorrow because we're going to finish this up, and then we're going to talk about some other things. We're going to talk about uh, the GOP and uh, Obama's midterm loss. The record could make history, especially when uh, Mary Landrieu uh, craps out uh, next month. So tune in tomorrow, folks. Thank you guys for listening. I do appreciate you calling in and uh, participating in the show. We're going to go ahead and put an end to the show right now. And I want to thank you guys for listening. There's so many things that you could be doing right now, and you chose to call in, you chose to listen, you chose to participate in the chat room, and I so appreciate it. Really, I do. I've been doing this uh, show since August of 2010. I have over, 
half a million uh, show uh, listens and downloads. I do appreciate that. Over half a million folks in, in since 2010. That, that is just great. You know, I took a break here and there, but now I'm back, and we're gonna we're gonna have a great time. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And you know, we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get out of here. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Uh, wow, it's great to be back. God bless you. God bless the night and God bless the United States of America. All right, uh, we are out. Good night, folks. Mm-hmm.